You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Matthew chapter number 1 and verse number 18. The Bible says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. Verse number 20, But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from the sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. I like to talk to us about a message tonight entitled, How to Properly React When You Receive Shocking News. So one more time, how to properly react when you receive shocking news news. And let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for your goodness to us. I thank you for the privilege, for the opportunity to preach your word here tonight. And I pray that your name would be glorified. Your name would be magnified. I pray that you would uh, encourage us and challenge us from your word, Lord, to draw nigh and to be closer to you as a result. For we ask these things in your name. Amen. Thank you so much for standing. You may be seated. How to properly react when you receive shocking news. Uh, contextually here we have Joseph who received undoubtedly some shocking news what was that news that Joseph received hey look Mary who you're espoused to is expecting and that would be shocking for many reasons but by the way you're not the father that's shocking news and uh, how do you react when you receive shocking news and how do we properly react when we receive that news uh, I googled shocking news headlines just to see what would come up. A few things arose. On Wednesday, August 17th, 1977, the front page of the Daily uh, Journal bore the headline, The King is Dead. For $784.95, you can buy this original print on eBay. But that was shocking news at the time, of course. At the time, you know, somebody that was admired and looked up to, but the king had died. On Friday... October 25th, 1929, the Milwaukee leader ran an article that read, Billions Lost in New York, uh, in New Stock Crash, the greatest financial disaster of the century. The Wall Street crash signaled the end of the Roaring Twenties and the beginning of the Great Depression. Beginning on September 4th, 1929, and lasting to mid-November, the Wall Street crash devastated the world economy. Maybe you've had some shocking news recently that 
You know, maybe it's somebody has passed on. Maybe there's been some shocking news in your bank accounts recently. Maybe it's some Christmas shopping and you swipe that credit card and it said denied. And all of a sudden you realize that there's a limit on the number that you can spend with that credit card. Some shocking news. What is your reaction to that shocking news? The Chicago Daily Tribune ran a headline on November 3rd, 1948. The headline simply read, Dewey defeats Truman, referring to the 1948 election between Republican Thomas Dewey and Democrat Harry Truman. There was just one problem with this headline. The headline was wrong. In fact, Truman had defeated Dewey in an upset victory. The Tribune went to press before the results were read, relying on a political analyst to predict the winner. About 150,000 papers were printed with the incorrect headline, one of which made its way to the hands of Truman himself. He then triumphantly displayed the paper in the St. Louis Union Station, which of course made it even more notable than it already was. Maybe it's been shocking. You've received news that you've lost when you really won. I'm not sure what it is, but what is your reaction? December the 7th on a Sunday in 1941, the headline ran, said, War, Oahu bombed by Japanese planes. This rather horrifying headline was plastered on the front page of the Honolulu Star Bulletin that morning. And uh, what a shocking announcement that that was that took place. Uh, September the 11th, 2001, is the type of moment that inspires a range of headlines trying to come with grips with the tragedy that occurred. The Philadelphia Inquirer titled an article, U.S. Attacked. Other articles listed the title, America's Bloodiest Day. And another title was, None of Us Will Ever Forget. But I feel like in our country, we've forgotten. What an amazing time to be in when that took place and the after effects and how I feel like our country at one point in time was united and the president declaring a national day of prayer and getting back to God and country and how we rallied around but how far we've come from that time that seems like not so long ago. Maybe it's January 28th, 1996. Maybe it's shocking or maybe it's just so rare that the Cowboys had won the Super Bowl. How do you react to shocking news? I'll just say this. It's not a matter of if shocking news is going to take place, but rather when that shocking news is going to take place. You know, regardless of the shocking news, our reaction should be the same. Our reaction should be based on biblical principles. Our, 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 our desire and our motives shouldn't change as a result of shocking news. And you can change the headlines there back to the regular slide. That's fine. Uh, thank you so much. But how do you react when you receive shocking news? And it's devastating news that comes along. And again, maybe it's a tragedy that's taken place. Maybe it's something dealing with your finances. Maybe it's something dealing with your health. Maybe it's something dealing with your family. Uh, maybe it's something that you became famous for. And maybe it was unintentional and it's not a good thing. But how do we react to that shocking news? I would like to examine Joseph's reaction to the shocking news that we, he received and to apply some of the characteristics to our lives. And what is the goal of that? For us to be more like Christ. That's the goal. You know what? There's been many times in my life 
more than I can count. I know it's probably a shock to you. That would be shocking news. But there's been many times in my life that I've reacted in a way that looking back, I'm like, man, I wish I would have reacted a little bit differently. And you know what? I believe if we can apply some of these characteristics, some of these uh, philosophies to our lives, I believe that we can react properly to shocking news. The first thing that I'd like to point out in verse number 19 The Bible says, then Joseph, her husband, being a, what's the next word? Just man. Notice the Bible does not say there, and Joseph, her husband, became a just man. You know what? I think a lot of times in our lives, it takes a tragedy in order to wake us up to the things of God. Or maybe it's a tragedy, honestly, that pulls us away from the things of God. I hope that tragedies and shocking news in our lives don't define who we are. However, those reveal who we are. You know what? When when things come in our lives, it shouldn't make us. It should reveal the characteristics that we already have. According to Strong's Concordance, just is defined as holy, equitable in character or act, doing what is right. You know, the first instance that I find in the Bible of the word just comes when the Bible is speaking about the wickedness in the earth. And the Bible says in uh, Genesis chapter number 6 that the Lord looked down on the earth and every thought and every imagination was only evil continually. And it talks about the wickedness and how great it was. And then all of a sudden you arrive at verse number 8 and it mentions a man named Noah. And it says, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. In verse number 9, the Bible says that Noah was a just man. And it goes on to say he walked with God. And let me just say this emphatically as point number 1. If we are going to react properly to shocking news, we have to live a just life before the news happens. There is no way that I can act properly to shocking news if I'm not already walking with the Lord. If I don't already have a relationship with the Lord. Because what's going to happen then is I'm going to react in the flesh. There's no way that I can be walking in the flesh and then all of a sudden uh, react in the spirit when something tragic happens. So what is the key here? The key here is being just all the way along. That we don't wait for a tragedy to take place to say, oh man, I wish that I would have done more for God. Or, oh man, I wish I would have been committed with my Bible reading. Or, I wish I would have prayed more. Or, a situation arises and I know Miss Joanna, we were in college together and I have plenty of stories about that. But I won't say it because she's in here right now. And, uh, but I remember one specific incident that there was something that happened with her family. And somebody was taken to the hospital. I remember a statement that she made at that time that I've not forgotten to this day. One of the things that she said is, I'm so glad that I was right with the Lord when this happened. And I didn't have to go confess a bunch of sin first. But I feel like sometimes in our lives, it takes a tragedy to where we say, oh God. And then we're like, well, wait a second. You know, the Bible says if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. And so a tragedy comes, shocking news comes, and we say, oh, man, I need to get back in church now, or I I need to confess my sins, or I need to clean up my life before I can pray, before I can get a hold of the Lord. And that's not the way that it should be. We should be living justly already, walking with the Lord and praying and living a spirit-filled life already. And again, the Bible doesn't say he became a just man. It says he was a just man. And because he was already living a just life, I believe that he was able to react appropriately to this situation. 
But can you imagine, and I believe in God's divine authority and God's divine wisdom, Joseph was chosen in this situation and God gave grace. But can you imagine if he would have reacted in a different manner? Can you imagine if he wasn't living a just life and all of a sudden heard this shocking news, what the reaction would have been then? And by the way, I say this emphatically as well. It's all God's grace that I am where I am today, amen? And yes, I've put my foot in my mouth more than a few times and reacted in ways more than a few times that I wish I could go back and change. But you know what? It's but for God's grace that I didn't react in a more heinous manner. That I didn't do something to ruin the rest of my life with. And we've all made those mistakes. But how do we react properly when we receive shocking news? We need to live a just life. If we're going to react properly, we have to live right, right now. Decide to do right, right now. Don't make a, some tragedy cause you to get right. What are the characteristics of a just man? And the Bible says, a just man falleth seven times, but what, may, what, what, what differentiates him? He riseth up again. So it's not he's just because he keeps falling. He's just because what does he do? He rises up again. So how do we apply that to our lives to say, hey, if I'm going to react properly and I want to live a just life, like Joseph did in this situation, the characteristic is when you fall down, what do you do? You get back up. Amen? When somebody offends you at church, when somebody says something that maybe rubs you the wrong way, we get back up and we say, you know what, they're human and I've said things before and I forgive them because God forgave me or maybe some circumstances come financially or maybe it's something with our health. You know what we do? We say, hey, no matter what comes in my life, I'm going to get back up and I'm going to stay on track to do what's right. But if we don't make that decision now, the tragedy is going to define us which it shouldn't. We've got to decide right now to do what's right. You know, we train that with our children. And we say, hey, make decisions before you're forced to make decisions. And if you don't make the decision right now to say, hey, I'm not going to drink alcohol or I'm not going to smoke or I'm not going to be immoral. If you don't make that decision right now, you're going to be faced with a situation and you're going to be forced to make that decision. Then when there's a lot of peer pressure and a lot of other things going on, that's why we say, hey, do right right now. But you know what? That's good for adults, too, to say, hey, no matter what comes in life, I'm going to be faithful to God. But a lot of times tragedy comes and we fall off the bandwagon. And we look around this church, and you look at, sometimes it's depressing to look at the church directories. And you're like, well, we're such and such, and we're such and such. And you know what? Somewhere along the way, they fell off track. And what do we do with them? Well, we go to them, and we kick them, and say, what are you doing, you heathen? No, you know what we do? We encourage them. Because it's but for the grace of God that that is not us. And you know what? But make a decision right now that says no matter what comes, no matter what shocking news comes, I'm going to stay faithful to God. I've talked to many people who had said, well, I would never leave church. Well, that's not how it starts. It starts with Bible reading and prayer. You know, they said backsliding is not a blowout. It's a slow leak. You know, we've got... Uh, a blow-up hot tub at our house that we use during the winter time, and it's something we bought at Costco. And you know what? Something unfortunate happened with this, with this hot tub. And the thing is, I looked at it the other day, and it's like, this thing's like losing air. And, uh, but it's not just all of a sudden like, oh, and you notice it, and it's losing air, although that could, that could happen. You know what's happened? Over time. And uh, I have a culprit, and it's probably our cat. And so if anybody wants a cat, let me know. And uh, we'll give it to you afterwards. But, um, 
Well, how do we react to shocking news? Number one, you know what? He was just. He was doing what was right beforehand. If we're ever going to react properly to shocking news, that's going to come or is here right now. You know how we're going to do that? We're going to have to do what's right right now. Number two, I like this. This is, this is uh, earth-shattering. In verse number 20, the Bible says, but while he, what's the next word? Thought. Let's say it together. But while he, so number one, he was just. Number two, he, he thought, right? Now, you would think that that would be elementary, to think, right? And uh, that is not elementary. If you would like to come to Victory Christian Academy or any school, if you're a teacher or just would like to visit the junior high kids and they would do something that we would view as not logical or not intelligent, just like we did when they were that age, and then you ask them the question, why did you do that? And why do we ask them that as adults? Because we want to make sense of it. Like, well, why would they do that? Why would they think that that's appropriate in that situation or whatever else? And the response that you receive is, I don't know. And, you're, and then we as adults think logically, right? Because our brains are fully developed, most of us. And we would say, no, there's a reason why. And it's like, no, there's actually, there's no reason why. And, uh, but... It says here, while Joseph thought on these things. How do we react properly to shocking news? You know what, to take a moment to think. You've heard the statement before. It's a profound statement. Think before you speak. But yet, sometimes it's really hard to do. Especially in some situations where we're like, ah, I got the perfect response. I've been here, done that before. I know how to respond to this one. Well, wait a second. You know, there's a great scholar called Daniel the Tiger. And he made this statement. If you feel so mad that you want to roar, can you finish it for me or no? You can't help me out here. Take a deep breath and count to four. Thomas is with me, right? The great scholar Daniel the tiger. Take a deep breath and count to four. What's the teaching there? Think, right? Take a breath. It's going to be okay. Everything will work out. But let's not just react when something happens. Because that instant reaction that we do is probably not going to be the right reaction. It's probably not going to be a spirit-filled, uh, a spirit-filled, a spirit-led reaction. Is as soon as something happens, we respond to it right away. Take a breath. Think about, hey, you know what? What is a biblical, what's a proper way to respond to this? A lot of times if we react in anger, you're going to probably not think later on that that was the best thing to do. And uh, so again, he, he was a just man. He thought. He didn't just react. He thought about what was going on. And uh, don't just fly off the handle. You make a statement. I'm going to give him a piece of my mind. You know what? Well, a lot of us, including myself, don't have pieces to give away. Amen. And uh, let me challenge you that when shocking news comes that we're not quick to react, but we think. And by the way, when he was thinking, what happened in that situation? Somebody showed up there while he was waiting to respond. Who was that that showed up in that situation? The Lord, right? Look what it says here. Well, while he thought on these things, behold, who showed up? The angel of the Lord appeared unto him. So let me encourage you to not just think, but to wait on God. Amen? Wait on the word of the Lord. Hey, God, how should I respond to this? You know, the Bible says that we're supposed to be led of the spirit 
That's what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be spirit-filled that says, hey, God, please lead me with the right reaction to this situation. And by the way, why is that? So that we can get the glory and say, look how great I am. I have patience. Or look how great I am. I respond to that situation. No, it's all about God getting the glory to say, hey, I want to live a spirit-filled life because I want there to be a distinguishing factor in my life than those that are unsaved. And part of that is waiting on the Lord to see what God has to say in a situation. What are the characteristics of thinking? What do you have to do in order to think? You have to stop talking, right? I mean, maybe some of us can think and talk at the same time, but for me, sometimes it's difficult. But here's the thing. What else do you have to do? You have to sit still. And I don't like to sit still, you know? And I know they have medication that's available that helps you to do that, but I'm just not ready to go that route yet, amen? But, you know, but, but what does that require? The Bible says they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And again, uh, you know, waiting there, I believe, can be sitting and thinking. Waiting, I think, can, can, can be interpreted there as well, doing the things that we're supposed to be doing. But how do we properly react when you re receive shocking news? Number one, he was a just man. He did what was right. Live right now. Number two, think, right? When shocking news comes, just sit back and wait on the Lord and say, hey, God, please show up in this situation because I can't do this without you. And then number three, lastly, I find he did something as well. Look at verse number 24. The Bible says, then Joseph being raised, we have here the angel of the Lord shows up and says, hey, here's what I want you to do, Joseph. Then Joseph being raised from sleep, don't miss this three-letter word. What's the next word? Dead. I think that's easy to overlook. We just take it for granted. I've read that verse many times, and I don't focus on that three-letter word. But what did he do? He did what the angel told him to do. I think a lot of our problem here in this life is not about head knowledge. I think we try to make it that way. and We try and confuse ourselves and say, well, what about this and what about that? Or where does the Bible say that? Show me where the Bible says that. Well, we have the Bible living inside of us. That's the Holy Spirit, right? Uh, the Bible's the only book that you need the Holy Spirit in order to interpret it, in order to understand what's taking place. But God doesn't hide his word from you. We have him in our heart. I think a lot of it is not head knowledge. I think a lot of it is just putting it to use. Hey, we hear messages every week, and we have Sunday school and Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night. But the question is, what are we doing with the information that we receive? You know, it's great to go back to school. It's great to go back to school. I mean, I love it so much that I'm there every day and I torture myself with master's classes, but those are finished, amen. And, uh, but we do that, we get all that knowledge, which is great. But you know what's even better? Putting that knowledge to use. The Bible says to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin, right? So not just having the knowledge, but doing something about it obeying the voice of the Lord, when is the last time that the Holy Spirit spoke to you? And if it's been a little while, maybe we need to say, hey, Holy Spirit, I've been tuning you out because I've just been living life in my own power and I want to be led by the Holy Spirit. A lot of time, again, the problem is not with the knowledge, but with obedience. What is God telling you to do? What has God told you to do in the year of 2023? What is God telling you to do to set goals for the year of 2024? What has he told you to stop doing in 2023 that maybe we've went back to doing? Or what is he telling you to stop doing in 2024? I think goals are a great thing. 
But don't come to January and set New Year's resolutions and then January 10th we mess up. So just say, well, there's always 2025. You know, I think, hey, every day's a new day, man. The Bible says that Paul said, hey, I die yearly. No, he said, I die daily, right? If you mess up today, that's okay. Guess what? Tomorrow, let's try again. And let's not, you know, a just man falls seven times and rises up again. That's what we're talking about here. What is the characteristics of obedience? I will obey. Here's a great song. I will obey the first time I'm told. I will obey right away. Never asking why, never with a sigh. I will obey right away. Hey, that's great for kids, but what about for us as adults? When God tells us to do something, when God tells us to stop doing something, or God encourages you, hey, I want you to talk to that person. Hey, invite that person to church. Hey, is that person saved? I want you to ask them. I want you to talk to them. Do we obey, or do we say, you know what? Probably somebody else will come by, or I've got an even better idea. Brother Daniel's great with people. Hey, can you talk to my coworker? Because you're such a great people person, and I'm not. So you talk to him. No, that's your responsibility, amen? Here we go. It's real easy. How do we react? We receive shocking news. Number one, he was a just man. Live right now. Do right now. Number two, he thought. Hey, we receive shocking news. Sit down and wait for the word of the Lord. Think about all that's taking place. Hey, when you see shocking news as a headline, let's not jump to conclusions. We like to see a little snippet of something, and we're the judge. We're the jury, and then we're the executioner. And by the way, if you don't come with the same conclusion that I do, then you're part of the problem. That's the world that we live in today. But let's stop and think about it. I'm glad, I'm glad that God gives me grace. Amen? And then he obeyed. And it seems simple, but you know what? Sometimes it's difficult to do. Live right every day. Each and every day, each and hour, every hour, live right. Hey, think before we act. And then when God gives you his voice, simply obey his voice. Our response and our reaction to shocking news is important. I'd like to make a statement here, and this is not original with me. I'm going to read this individual's story. The statement that was made by this individual was, we are not defined by what happens to us, but by how we choose to respond. A lot of times in life, I struggle with things that I don't have control over, but that's not what I should be struggling over. I should struggle with what is my response to that? In 2011, at the age of 24, a spur-of-the-moment decision to enter an ultramarathon in the outback of Australia changed my life in every imaginable way. That time in my life was idyllic. I was young, working my dream job as a mining engineer in a diamond mine and living in a remote part of the Australian desert, an incredible place for an adventure-loving person like me. Weekends were spent rock climbing, fishing, and exploring the remote wilderness with my boyfriend, Michael. I loved running and keeping fit, and so when the opportunity presented itself to compete in a 100-kilometer ultramarathon, I jumped at the chance. I was only a quarter of my way through the race when I entered a gorge and was faced by a wall of flames. Six of us had been trapped in the gorge by an out-of-control grass fire with nowhere to run. When the fire finally caught me, I remember looking down at my arms and seeing them ablaze. I was screaming with terror. After the fire had passed, I was still screaming because it felt so surreal, like I was watching a bad horror movie. Hours later, I was choppered out with burns to more than 65% of my body. 
I was placed in an induced coma, and I didn't wake up for another month. While I was sleeping, the medical team worked around the clock to save me. Recovery was uncertain. I passed away three times on the operating table, lost seven of my fingers, and endured more than 200 medical procedures. My self-esteem was tied up with what my body could do, so that was pretty rough to deal with. After the fire, I had to learn how to do everything again, everything from walking and talking to eating and dressing. I'd always been super active, and my self-esteem was tied up with what my body could do, so that was pretty rough, again, to deal with. My journey has been one, of the, uh, been one of intense lows and supreme highs, and through it all, I've been lucky to be surrounded by some amazing people. This is the story of Taria Pitt. But the, the statement that she said was, we are not defined by what happens to us, but how we choose to respond. What is your excuse? What shocking news have you received in your life that maybe you've come to a point to say, Hey, God, you've heard it before. Hey, God, if you're really God, why did you allow this to happen to me? Do you know what that is? That's a response. Hey, God, I'm trying to do what's right. I'm trying to live for you, and yet trouble keeps coming. That's your response. Here's a lady who had a tragedy, but you know what she decided to do? You know what? I'm going to keep going on. I'm not going to blame everyone else. I'm not going to live a a, a defeated life as a result of it. I'm going to do whatever I can with what God has given me to do. The Bible says that we're all sinners. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. However, God sent his son, Jesus Christ, who came to this earth to die on the cross to pay for our sins. We can choose to be defined as a sinner who's damned to hell, or we can be defined by our response, which is trusting Christ as our Savior and realize we can't make it on our own. We can choose to be defined by saying, I can't do it on my own. And I struggle and I struggle and I can't control my circumstances. And we look around and somebody's got it better than I've got it. Or we can be defined by saying, God, you've given me breath today. Help me to use it for your glory and for your honor. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.